and we are live. Good evening, everyone. Welcome to Holy Crap, the Vlogcast. The Vlogcast that comes from a skeptical point of view to answer some of the questions of why. This Vlogcast started as a combination of spite and the stress end effect because Joey Dallin and I, well, we sometimes get together all at the same time. Sometimes it doesn't work out that way. But when we do, oh, oh, we've got stuff to talk about. And we basically just kind of drag you guys along for the ride. Part of this is follow through with the old adage, sometimes the journey is more important than the destination. I'm your main host. I'm known as Shujin Tribble all over the place. You can find me pretty much everywhere under that name. S-H-U-J-I-N. After that, just fake it. Doesn't matter. It's going to be kind of hard to miss me. I've been around for a very long time. Trust me. I've tried to Google myself. It's amazing what you can find sometimes. That's kind of freaky, really. Be that as it may. Let me go ahead and introduce you to everybody, and uh, well, we'll kind of go from there. Top left-hand corner of the bingo card of North America, who's actually on the um, bottom of the grouping on the video. Sorry. Dallin, hi. Good evening. I never remember who's going to be where. You know, it, it just, I don't, I don't know why Discord does it the way that it does. It never makes sense. Yeah, you know, if we, uh, if we actually had a budget... Uh, you know, we could, we could probably do something a little more, uh, you know, uh, something a little less dependent on uh, a program like discord. Yeah. Uh, however, that's not always easy to do. So, you know, yeah, yeah, pretty much exactly right. Down into the right, just a little bit into the Midwest of the U S Bridget. Good evening. Good evening. I think it's officially winter now. Uh, mm. At least here. Uh, I mean, right now we're at, you know, minus one. That's Celsius. Yeah, no, that's actually have some of the S word coming through. (laughs) Snow. No, I I, I got that. Ooh, send some my way. Well, (laughs) yeah, because because if it was the other S word, we'd be risking a demonetization. Yeah, this like that matters. And uh, a little bit further along into the jet stream, uh, past where Bridget is, uh, to the East Coast, Unreno Tech, good to have you back again, of course. Thank you. You're, uh, are, you, are, are you trying to grow, like, teats uh, uh, with with that beard of yours? Because that's what it's starting to look like. <laughs> no, it, it's just... Uh, yeah, you had, like, it, two... It's, it's... Yeah, it wants to do this. Okay, yeah, 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 I see that. People want to know what I'm talking about. Um, you don't. You, My beard's you, trying to part down the middle, folks. For those of you who can't see, and it, it's 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 kind of weird. Uh, so, you know, I was I was going to say uh, the uh, Captain Lou, but no, he he kept it together with rubber bands, didn't he? That is. He also a had a rubber, I think he also had one rubber band stamp stapled to his face. Something like that. I don't. I don't, I don't really remember. Anyway, so hi everybody. Good to be back with you. Happy post Thanksgiving US. Happy post Black Friday US and everywhere else who decided it was a good idea to get together. End of American uh, Day of Warning. Happy Body Bag Day, folks. Yeah. For all those people who it really was their last Thanksgiving. Yeah, for those of you that uh, went out uh, looking for Christmas gifts, I hope some of you were out there buying pine. No. Somebody kept the receipts, you know? Yeah. You know, 
I know that normally we wouldn't go ahead and just launch into stuff right away, but just for a couple of seconds here, we think, I think we need to collectively go ahead and say it. You bunch of dumb. Mofos. Yeah, we'll, we'll go with that. I don't, I don't want to, I don't want to blow the F bomb straight away, but I mean, I truthfully, and I think we can all agree on this one. I have no idea, no blessed idea why any of the aircraft companies, the airlines, the the airports would bother opening. Money. I know. Oh, man, oh, I saw. I'm keeping, it, I'm keeping Thanksgiving traditional, you know, to, know. The, to the old I, ways of spreading disease from one end of the country I, to the other. I know. And killing people. I saw a GIF file of uh, air traffic, uh, you know, mo- mostly centered around. Well, of course, it was centered around the U.S. and um, like it should be because we're number one. Yeah, deaths. Okay, everything else. Yeah, the last time I saw that much yellow, I was driving by a Caterpillar dealership. Okay, that's great. Like it, it was, it, it was insane. And it's like, I, I thought there were travel restrictions. Like, of course. Yeah. Well, but, but then again, you know, I, you know, j- just, just when I think I can ask a question like, wait a minute, didn't this or that happen? And then I remember what country I'm talking about or what country I'm asking the question about. And realizing that you can put all the rules you want in there, but as soon as someone screams more freedom, that's it. Game over. Yeah. There, there read, is no more say. Read up on the 1918-1919 influenza outbreak here in the United States of America. In the second half, in 1919, when it, recame, when it came back, there was the anti-mask league. Yeah. Talking about how dirty masks are and how they're not good for your breathing and everything else. By the way, in 1918, the death count was over 220,000 people, but still under 250,000. So we beat that record for, you know, a virus killing people in, in one year. So, mm, yeah, go us. Yeah. Well, we I still mean, have the same stupids. Well, it's because we've got, you know, I mean, you adjust for inflation. You know, it's, it's kind of the way that it works. Joy go us. So, as always, everybody, you know, thank you for being with us. If you are live with us, you know, feel free to take advantage of the live chat. Stephanie, good to have you back. Beth, hi, Han. We hope that you're doing all right. You know, we, we're a little worried for you, as usual. So, you know, we hope that you're staying safe and whatnot i will of course you know read up as and and backtrack a little bit as we go along uh and before we go any much further uh, i need to get this one out of the way because uh, somebody's gonna have to probably add this over into our chat so i don't forget to add it to the show notes later yeah some people gonna recognize this one uh so if i scare uh tiny yep tiny triples back from college by the way so i I hope i don't scare him in time so Hey, smallpox, Glary. There's some people who understand that one. <laughs> so, um, somebody, great. somebody remind me for uh, to put that into the show notes for later. And uh, Dallin, you'll be able to figure out where that is later because you're going to see it. 
probably. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> yeah, just fix that in post. Y- yeah, no. Well, no, um, no. To be fair, and I can say it here because the tip chart is not here. Screw that's, you, Roxanne. That's true. Hold, hold that thought. What was that? No, no, no. I said, hey, smallpox Larry. Okay. Because we're talking about Thanksgiving. Uh, we're in the middle of a show. Bye. Okay. See, thank anyways, you. <laughs> yeah. It, anyways, one thing, I, one thing I've learned recently is how to, um, how to take a, a little bit of audio and amplify and, and use the amplify effect to actually bring it down to everything else. And as long as you're not doing too much of it at once, it actually sounds okay. Okay. Like I, I actually had one where, no, I, I, I said something, I accented it a little bit too hard and it peaked. And I'm like, okay, when I go to amplify this whole thing, that one's going to skew it so badly that nothing else will get increased. This is what happens. So I took, I just took that one piece and squeezed it down to a, a nice level. And yeah, it, it all worked out. Of course, I've been mucking with my gains and everything like that recently, so I don't have to amplify anymore. Yeah, good point. So yeah. uh, for tonight's uh, for, for tonight's drink of choice, because I was thinking, okay, I finally need to bite the bullet and go after this one. I've decided that I'm going to go ahead and try out Bud Light Seltzer Pineapple. Oh, oh. I'm so sorry. You know, she, she even said that like she was Canadian. She said, "Story, play that one back." <laughs> I'm gonna go ahead and I'm gonna she was use sincere. Ooh, ice! I just opened it and I smell pineapple right away. You know what? That's not necessarily a bad thing. So I, I guess, especially if you're having a date, it could. Well, you, you have to do Some it in advance. Some people get that joke. And oh, look at that! Nice and clear. Like <laughs> seltzer would be. Okay, I was thinking it was going to be some putrid yellow. It is um, seltzer clear. Okay, well, you know what? I, I guess we'll uh, guess we'll find hey, out. Hey, you know, Crystal Pepsi was clear. And it had a flavor. Yes, failure is what what it tasted of. You know, that's, right? But it, but it wasn't. But it wasn't water. It was it was failure. But at least it wasn't water. Is is what I'm getting at? Well, so so it was Bud Light apparently. From what we yeah. no, what was the other one? What was the one that we tried out? It was what was the one that Jenny? That was the one. Yeah, yeah. Genesee yeah. Cream Ale. No, 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 no. It was Jenny. Yeah, different different one. One of these days. Yeah. I will try Jenny Cream Ale one of these days. Yeah. Not don't be surprised if you don't like it. Also, don't be surprised if it gives you a headache. Yeah, well, we'll, we'll see. I see my drink of choice tonight, or at least it was earlier tonight. I don't know if you guys saw this. Um, I Okay, I, I caught this recipe on Facebook a couple of days ago, forgot about it. Uh, I had to go out to the store today, and I thought, okay, you know, let, let's go back and let's find that recipe. So tonight I made, well, earlier today I made... Chai spice coffee. Mm. Not a fan of chai. Well, yeah, but uh, so what it was just okay. It's it's coffee, you know, r- real coffee, not no not dirty brown bean water. Um, cinnamon, cardamom, ground clove, ground ginger, coriander, and black pepper. And then for every four cups of coffee you make, you put in one teaspoon of this mixture. 
So a full pot, three teaspoons. Might scale it back because, oh boy, when that stuff started brewing, my house smelled beautiful. <laughs> but I'll tell you right now, a cup of that with, with the spices in it will take your chill off. Fair enough. It was, it's, yeah, it, it was potent. Fair enough. All right. What I think is really funny is chai just means tea. I know it's Russian. <clears throat> uh, and chai is uh, just tea with milk and some other stuff in it. Honey. Sometimes, sometimes gingers, uh, mm-hmm. well, usually gingers, sometimes uh, brown sugar, maple syrup, something sweet. Um, Sometimes cinnamon, sometimes not. Uh, sometimes people use star anise instead of uh, cinnamon. Oh, oh. It depends on your taste, but at the yeah. end of the day, it's just tea with milk. That's, yeah, uh, that's normal. Star star anise. I've I've used that stuff before. Yeah, if you ever want to open your nasal passages, you want a sinus remedy. That's the stuff. Well, here's the thing. Uh, <laughs> cooking uh, pork belly. Roasting pork belly, um, or actually frying it up so that it's crispy, but uh, a slow roast on pork belly with star anise and a couple other uh, seasonings is absolutely amazing. Yeah, well, it's kind of like um, oh, I don't know if you guys have. Uh, do you guys have football hams down there? Football they're, what? They're, a football ham. Ham shaped like a football, I guess. Well. <laughs> Not not explicitly or shaped like a football, like, like a ham hock. Uh, no, no, no. This is like a, it's a pre cooked ham that yeah, you can, yeah, ham. yeah. But like you can slice it up, you can heat it, you can, or you can actually you can still bake it. We we have something called ham steaks, which is usually like a, a thick slice of ham about this big, about yeah. this wide, and it's pre it's it's all cooked so you can take it right out of the package and eat it or you can warm it up you can fry it to give yeah. it crispness or you know whatever uh, oh, okay so 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 using that analogy this would be like a ham roast which means you could carve ham steaks out of it kind of a thing um, this is without bone right yeah it's, it's without the bone uh okay. one thing my my former in-laws used to do is they take one of those things uh brush it with honey and punch uh, cloves into the top and yeah, bake it. Sounds very good. Oh yeah, you'd get this like spicy honey house. Just, mm. you know, my ex father in law was one hell of a redneck. Uh, I I, w- I would say he'd be very well at home in some of your uh, more southerly states down there. But uh, he could cook. Fair he. He actually got me liking pork chops. My mom tried for 20 years. <laughs> Couldn't get me to like pork. It was just the way she made them. No, then he, th- he throws a couple of pork chops on the barbecue with a little bit of seasoning. <clears throat> Done. <laughs> and yeah, now that I, I know what you're talking about, we do have um, boneless hands. They're about yay big. Um, the co- popular ones uh, that I've seen, but I've never bought in the store are almost always honey baked, hmm. but I, I prefer non honey baked ham. Yeah. No worries. It doesn't need all the extra sugar added to it. Yeah. to taste good. In my opinion. Oh, well, we shall see. So, uh, 
for those of you that are wondering um why why didn't we get rolling this actually worked out to our advantage because joseph will be joining us momentarily he just woke up considering it's so dark stupid in the morning and i'm not gonna hold it against him i just wanted to find out if he'd join us before i jumped in to the opening or after he'll be jumping in while uh, things are working so we'll go from there so let me go ahead and get everything rolling. So with uh, five minutes on the clock for you, your five minute freestyle it starts right now. And uh, this week I labeled it vision. Believe it or not, I actually started to write this one out. Uh, it was originally going to be a, well, uh, I don't know if you want to call it a treatise or just a, a written work, but I got to thinking about what the term means. Uh, I've been binge-watching uh, The West Wing again, a lot, and going back through, which is a little on the weird side, but, you know, when it's what you've got, you know, you work with it. And I got to thinking a little bit further about what the purpose of the head of an organization is, in this case, very specifically, the President of the United States of America. Now, I, I know. That job can be considered, you know, a little over the top, a little grandiose, a little big for itself in a lot of ways. I'd be the first to agree. But whoever it is that's actually in front, whoever it is that's at the top of whatever organization, their vision is what drives everything behind it. The thing that, the thing that got me was Watching when the president, and I know, I know, it's fiction, but when the president said, no, I'm not going to go ahead and do a continuing resolution on funding after we had an agreement of 1% cut, and you come back and say, well, no, it's got to be 3% cut, we had a deal, shut the government down then, and he decided that he was just going to walk up Pennsylvania Avenue to the Capitol to have a talk with the guys over there with the purse strings. And instead of just driving the whole way, he stopped to talk and say hi to some folks from way out of town and then to walk the rest of the way. And it was a great moment because you had all these people who were just lining the streets who were just, what's going on over there? It's the president. He's walking. Sure, I'll get in behind him. I came all the way over here to Washington, D.C. to find out that everything shut down. Why? And then the vision was nationwide. Say what we will about the 24-hour news cycle, suddenly all the networks are covering it. And all the guys in their chamber are scared as hell. And rightly so, because every step brings the president that much closer to him. 10, 15 minutes later, they're in there knocking on the door saying, hey, we want to have a talk with you. And they stood him up. For seven minutes, they stood him up. So then he decided, that's enough. We're gone. The vision is what guides the vision is what drives. And if you don't have a vision for what you want as an end goal, what in the hell are you trying to do? 
I've talked about this before of saying what a lot of progressives in government, in, in politics, what they typically want are for everybody to be safe, secure, healthy, as many people as possible, all that are under the purview of government. And those that end up being conservative, and again, I'm using lowercase terms here, I have to ask them, what is your vision? What is your end goal? What is it that you see that the country should be? I want there to be less government. That's rather nebulous. How do you mean? Do you, do you mean military? Can't have that. Okay. Well, what is it that you don't want? All these regulations. Don't want them. What, you mean like child labor laws? Or environmental protection laws? So, what is it that you want? Tell us what it is that you want. Have the discussion to at least explain where you see your country, your area, your society being, so that we can have an actual discussion about it. Because there is a very good possibility that what you want isn't feasible because we had it already. And collectively, we decided, I would much rather be able to breathe the air than be able to see it as a haze over the city. This episode 339 on the docket, Your Honor, How the Peter Principle Failed Us. And let me go ahead and reorganize our video feed over here because we got somebody was able to join us at the moment. Let me get Joey yep. over into Ohio. Glad you were able to make it, man. Apologies, uh, running a little bit late. No worries. Joseph should be joining us uh, momentarily, and uh, we'll kind of work it from there. But, uh, yeah, like I said, you know, uh, I, I don't mind getting my, getting my hands dirty and, and being, you know, angry and yelly, screamy with these openings. But every once in a while, you know, it's, it's good to kind of play the bait and switch of just, why don't you tell me what it is that you want? And I've had a really hard time using that and trying to get a straight answer in it out of anybody. And, you know, it's funny, you bring up things like, you know, child labor laws and, you know, the, the, what used to be known as the haze over, um, California. Yeah, it, it's amazing when you start pointing out that, you know, environmental protection. Yeah, that was a Republican president. Thank you very much. So, you know, get off your ha get off your high horse, which apparently must have come from Colorado or, where is it that they got mushrooms available now? Utah? Whatever. Doesn't matter. I don't care. Oregon. Oregon. Sure. Yeah. We'll go with that. Oregon. Up well, it's up north near the near the border. Who in the hell cares? Well, if you're talking about Silo Simon, yeah, it's Oregon. Okay. Okay, so here's here's the deal with um with this stuff. Uh Bud Light Seltzer Pineapple. Does it have some taste of pineapple? Some. Does it taste like it's seltzer? 
Yeah. It's basically seltzer with a twist and fermented something. Is it worth it? No. No. If if you're going to drink seltzer because you like seltzer, first off, I'm I'm not going to judge you on it outwardly, but um no. No. I'm not going to say that it tastes bad, but it's definitely not appetizing, so I'm probably not even going to finish this and I've had some swigs off of it already. So we'll just uh we'll just put that aside and just tell that the uh the nice King of Beers company um <clears throat> whatever. We'll just leave it there, whatever. Remember, for a lot of people, it only has to do two things. Yep. It has to be cheap. Yep. It has to get you drunk. Portability, taste, all the other stuff. Yeah. That's why I just buy my alcohol by the liter. Well, you know, you, you want you want to go ahead and you want to borrow the stuff that you'd otherwise put in your radiator? That's fine. That's your business, not mine. No, do not re- drink coolant. That will kill you. Yeah, well, yeah, but you get really high first, at least. So, you know, you got that going for you. I did go looking up yeah. information on Rafe Badawi. We have no new information, unfortunately, as of the recording of tonight's show. It has now been eight years, five months, 13 days since Rafe was unjustly incarcerated for thought crimes. Our hopes and our thoughts are still with you and your family. We are still waiting, just like you are. And I'm sorry, Joe, I, I cut you off there. What was that? No, it's fine. I was just going to say that that tingling you feel in your lips. Yeah, that's not you getting high. That's... That's something entirely different with antifreeze. Good point. That's a very good point. So that being the case, um, Joseph should be joining us. Uh, well, uh, eventually, I guess we'll have to wait and see how this plays out. So, <coughs> excuse me. Y- yes, I've had a little bit of a cough and a little bit of a sneeze. Why? Not from Tiny Tribble. It's because the heater has been working. Joy. So what you're saying is, is you need a humidifier. No, what I'm saying is I, I need to have all the dust and dirt and stuff that's been collecting in my heater elements to finally go away. That too. Yeah, we'll have to see about that. So while we're at it, how about I go ahead and get us rolling over here with the horrible scopes and we'll have, we'll, we'll see where it takes us. So with that in mind... For those of you that are looking for your horrible scopes, here they are. If you know what your astrological sign is, cool. If you don't, roll a d12. Ask your smart assistant to roll a d12 for you. It'll work. It doesn't matter. It's all gonna it's all gonna work the way that it works because it, it doesn't work. And fair warning, I didn't get paid for these this week. You'll be able to tell. Don't you ever? When have you ever got paid for these? Details, 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 details. So let's uh, let's get you rolling over here. Aries, there will be a bee attack this week. Not saying you're going to be involved with it, but uh, going to suggest a, a new outfit to wear. Yellow and black horizontal stripes are doing nothing for your appearance, and they single you out in a crowd. 
Not that we think you're guilty of anything. Just, just friendly advice. Okay, I guess I'll go next. Taurus. Oh wow, this is uh, this is familiar. <laughs> I think it's the same order we did last night. Yeah. yeah. Hang posters of Newton and Leibniz on your walls. Paint big red X's across their faces and scrawl "poser" at the bottom. You know that they didn't discover calculus first, but it can be traced as far back as Egypt around 1820 BCE. You're not a history nerd. You're just to give credit where credit is due and to curry favor with Anubis and Thoth. Gemini. Prop up your feet for a few days and check out what's new on Hulu. Maybe see about Animaniacs episode six. You know, the one that got pulled because the pinky and the brain episode included an 800 number to a phone sex line instead of to a fake line. Maybe the brain is onto something here. Yeah, that's true too. That's, that's very true. Cancer moon child. You think you can single hand. You think you single handedly started the cappuccino movement. <clears throat> you can't even pronounce the word espresso correctly. The fact that proper Italians overhearing you haven't taken you out the back of a Dunkin' Donuts and beaten you half dead should be a warning to you on its own. <laughs> Leo, you don't realize just how powerful and important the number zero is. Without zero, computers wouldn't work the way they do today. Can you imagine trying to program in Sanskrit? It's the only number that, when used, is said to add an order of magnitude. So when people call you a zero, wear that term with pride. There's some people right now who are just like, dude, you're describing modula. N no, it just looks like that. Virgo, sleep on the floor. It'll help after you strained your back trying to go roller skating. And why were you roller skating? Because you couldn't go ice skating. And why can't you go ice skating? Because it's not winter yet. Wait for December for crying out loud. <laughs> Libra. Hmm. Yeah, I remember this one. Well, this was this is the same one that I did for Friday. That's the way it works. Yeah, yeah I know, I know. Just, you know... Just, you know, I, I, I didn't drink anything to deaden the nerve. Anyways, <laughs> it's time to rediscover an old hobby of yours and turning it into a profitable job. Fantasy paperback story writer. This really should be a Pisces, but anyways, squeeze as many cliches as possible into each story and you'll have a hit. Start off with the magically switched bodies with royalty trope. Throw in magical dreaming and a juggling traveling circus performer. And you'll have a hit on your hands. Scorpio. And probably something for uh, Netflix. <laughs> Maybe. Scorpio. Stay away from the parrot. She'll start repeating all the secrets you mumble in your sleep. Her best pet is an ant farm. All they need is water and sugar. And never complain if you're late getting home. And never need to go out for walkies. 
Sagittarius. Strangers will be giving you advice on how to cope with the holiday shopping. You'll be better off listening to an angry goat. <laughs> Let them down easy or distract them with food samples in the store. Although, right now, I'm just going to add to the end of this. If you're in a store that's handing out food samples at, and you live in the United States of America, you deserve whatever the hell you get if you eat that thing. Yeah, you know what? If you're in a store, period, and you're living in the United States of America, you know... And you're not doing the right thing by wearing a mask and getting in and out instead of dilly-dallying. You're part of the problem. Hey, Tech, you can't eat food samples wearing a mask unless you have a slot. I am persistent. I can get a lot of things through a small, tiny patch of fabric. S-L-O-T. That's what she said, okay? Yes, that's 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 what she said, Joe. Capricorn. Yes, please. Thank you. Your near encyclopedic knowledge of the art of taxidermy is scaring away potential dates. Keep that in your back pocket for at least the third date. Remember, difference between excitement and rigor mortis. <laughs> Come on, you you got to you, you got to finish that. No, that's I said. There's a difference between excitement and rigor mortis. That's that's all there is to it. Sorry, the way you said it presented as you were going to add something to the end of that, so you actually created a false sense of anticipation. It's okay. Look, if he's going further with it, this channel would be canceled. Okay, and let's face it, a false sense of anticipation. I think we have a few folks here that could comment on that. Uh, Aquarius. <laughs> no, this one is not at all written for me. Aquarius, you waited all year for the latest and greatest computer parts so you could build a new one, and what happens? Everything is sold out. New CPUs? Gone. Video cards? Back ordered. High speed memory. Yeah, they're going to be installed Tuesday. The only thing that's available? Hard drives. A fat load of good that's going to do for you, right? Just buy a Nintendo Switch to pass the time instead this season. Oh. Right. <laughs> Nintendo, you're part of the problem. They have been for a year. Well, if they had just made more Switches, less people would be going outdoors because they'd actually be entertained. Am I going to be a dick if I point out it's fewer people? Uh. Ooh. Joseph? Joe! What? You've got some electrical buzzing going on there, buddy. Are you shaving your pubes again on the air? The show is not, is not uh, sponsored by Manscaped. I mean, it seriously sounds like he's got one of those wall razor things going. Joseph, your microphone is not working. It is sending through a really nasty hum. Good for right now. Um, I wonder and, if they were made in China. Again, not not to be a pedantic, pedantic game nerd here, but uh, are you sure you're talking about the Nintendo Switch or the PS5? 
some from column A, some from column I. Yeah. yeah. You know, because, no, because to, to be perfectly honest, like a Nintendo Switch, I've had no problems seeing them or wanting to go pick one up. So. Yeah, but you've also got a Toys R Us up in Canada, too. So, you know, whatever. I bought mine at Best Buy. Yeah, whatever. All the, the Best Buys down here are sold out. And have wow. Yeah. It's not. Un- mm. I, okay, so I used to work in. No. And Later. one of the common problems was is that stores would get maybe 50 to 100 of a particular col- console during release, and that was it. Hmm. And some stores that were promised an amount from the vendors and the and the manufacturers wouldn't even get them. And it's not uncommon. Hmm. So at least finish this off. Yeah, it yeah. sounds like the bad days with the Wii. Um, yeah, okay. Yeah, uh, Pisces. Slot. And yeah, I, I almost feel like this one was written for me. Um, Pisces, you really need to go talk to Libra as a friend because you recognize the plot of the book they're going to write as a series written by Robert Silverberg in 1979. I mean, sure, it was nominated for the Hugo Award for Best Novel back then, but it's still someone else's work. Uh, Better help them find a new plot line before the lawyers get a whiff of this. How about combining Star Trek with MASH and see where that takes you? Well, it was probably a good thing that uh, Discord disconnected last night because I kind of spun off a little bit uh, last night about uh, this whole thing. Um, actually, I actually thought it would be a, uh, it, it could have been a good idea as long as Alex Kurtzman wasn't involved. Imagine that. Yeah. So, oh, yeah. Go ahead. Those are your horrible scopes for this week. Remember, uh, I didn't get paid for them this week, and it kind of shows. You could bribe us next time, maybe, and we'll kind of see where it takes us from there. (laughs) So let's see what we got. Joseph, uh, if you unplugged, replugged, or or moved something around, go ahead and uh, take yourself off mute again. Let's see what we got. Or he stepped away, and well, in which case, hmm. okay, you're not muted anymore, but I don't hear you. Let's still be troubleshooting. Probably would be. Okay. Okay. We'll uh, we'll we'll see what happens in a in a couple of minutes, and see if we can grab you again. So let me uh, let me give you the real quick. Uh, and skinny about the episode tonight. How the Peter Principle failed us. Now, we've talked about the Peter Principle before. Lawrence J. Peter's principle is everyone fails. Uh, sorry, everyone is promoted to their level of incompetence. If you do a job well, you get promoted to a new job that you have to be trained on and then Find out whether or not you're good at it. And if you're still good at it, you get promoted yet again and get retrained. And if you are still good at that job, then you go up again until you get to a point where, you know, it doesn't matter how much they go ahead and retrain you. You're just mediocre. And that's pretty much where you end up staying for a while. Now, this is the overall model or at least it used to be once upon a time ago, 
that, you know, you'd come into a job, you'd work hard, you show that you had, you had the, you had the grit to go ahead and do it. And you get promoted after a while, you know, to the point where you could start off mopping floors and eventually you could actually be the maitre d' at a restaurant. However, these things don't exactly work that way anymore. Not that it was a great method, but people have been consistently failing upwards. And it's a bad thing. It's actually a worse thing than what the Peter Principle does in and of itself. So we need to kind of discuss why this is the way that it is. And it's not just about politics, although it happens quite often that way. It can happen pretty much anywhere, including politics. Joy. So we'll see where this takes us. Joseph, let's see what you've got at this point. Can we actually talk to you? We don't have any audio yet. Well, he's unmuted. That's a good start. Yes, that's true. Oh, now he's muted. Now he's unmuted. So mm. he's found the mute button. Yeah. I saw we're getting. Yeah, we're getting nothing at the moment. Uh, you might need to double check what's going on with uh, Discord's audio setting itself first and see if it's registering that you're getting a audio through it. And we'll kind of work from there. Try turning it off and on again. I think he did. <laughs> Anyhow. So let's deal with, uh, let's deal with some of the, the spots where I know full well the Peter principle definitely, uh, applies. Medical. Bridget. Nursing. Let's face it. First level of Peter principle. Somebody who goes into the medical community. If they have a problem with, you know, fainting when they see blood, chances are they're probably not going to be a frontline trauma person. Probably not. After that, you end up putting in who only knows. Hello. Oh, that was super loud, but yes, that was you. That, that, that was better than before. Yeah, can you hear me? Yes, yes you can. can. Okay. Damn. Well, it took a while. Okay. I made like about five different changes, but I don't think I waited long enough for them to actually take effect between them. So anyways. Okay. Okay. A word of advice, Joseph. Um, (laughs) From now on. Yeah. Don't touch anything. (laughs) So everybody, you've got it. Keep it. Yeah. Everybody, please excuse me for just a couple of moments. Uh, I'm going to, uh, I'm going to turn off the video feed so I can make a, a minor adjustment to, uh, Joseph's audio because on my side, it's too loud. Don't do anything yourselves. No, no, no. Don't, don't do anything. I have to adjust a piece on my side. Well, I could do something. No, 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 no. no. <laughs> How do, somebody when the audio, excuse me, excuse me, excuse me, excuse me, excuse me. When the audio engineer on the call says, don't do anything that I need to do something. That means I need to do something. Don't go fucking around with anything now. Fine. I threw, I fine. You know, for you, I throw my F-bomb. The front. Why don't you start swimming over here and fix it yourself? 
you know, just all right. So don't don't tempt him. That's true. So while Shujin's fiddling, um, I'm just gonna say, yeah, if you have an aversion to blood, you probably don't want to be a, a you know a, a trauma medic or anything like that. But your first clue should be when you're taking anatomy and physiology, which you have to take biology. Mm-hmm. If you get kind of squicked out by having to dissect the cat, then uh, medical is probably not your thing. Yeah. That's that's kind of the thing. Like, um, I mean, yeah, the Peter Principle would definitely apply there. But I think before you get into that position where you're rising to your to your level of incompetence, by that point, you've probably been weeded out in school. I would assume. Well, one would think that, but don't forget, going up into medical school, Bridget was kind of behind the eight ball to start off with. Yeah, that's. <clears throat> That's true. You know what? One of my first photography jobs was doing, well, not photography. It was more uh, media jobs back in the days of video was um, filming dissections. Really? Yeah. You know, you got to do, you got to get your start somewhere. All I'm saying is if you're dissecting the cat, you get to the intestines and suddenly music fills the room. Maybe the violin was your true calling. (laughs) (laughs) i went i went for a bit of a stretch on that one but damn it oh that was okay that part was even worse because you know you got to stretch the cat gut you son of a bitch i'm just saying I picked the wrong day of the week to quit drinking. <laughs> and they also use cat gut in suture material. Hey. Or they used to. They could also use you know, other materials, but it used to be cat gut. Tennis rackets. Mm, a two. Joey? Yes, sir. <laughs> <laughs> You're welcome. Hey, if it's early. He's early. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, gonna, I'm not going any further with that because uh, we don't need a copyright strike from George Rob. <laughs> George would be cool with it. Actually, he'd probably no. He'd probably strike me just because I can't sing on key to save my life. That's fair. Yeah, that's fair. That's fair. So anyway, yes, people should theoretically be weeded out through. No fault of their own, other than, well, let's face it, if to to use what we've got here, if you can't carry a tune, chances are you're not going to go into performance art at Juilliard. If you can't, if you can't keep a beat with marching and keep a steady stride, you're probably not going to go into DCI, Drum Corps International. Yeah. If you can't draw a straight line, chances are you're not going to be going into, you know, CAD. So it's entirely possible for you. I'm sorry. The computer does it for you in CAD. Uh, yes. You'd have to be pretty fucking competent to uh, make a, a straight line in CAD. Uh, Joseph. Yeah. I worked for a company that designed furniture. Okay. 
And what you just described, yes. I, have, I have seen. How is that? Okay. Yeah. Um, How is it possible? I don't know because I don't know AutoCAD and had enough sense to stay the hell away from it yeah. other than installing it and making sure the damn thing worked. You and that to. I could, well, actually, no, I used a capture program to, to actually pull a, a CAD drawing out and make it into a JPEG for something else, for another reason, but. Yes. And here, what I'm showing for you. everybody, real quick, what oh, I'm showing okay, to everybody is a drawing tablet that I've had for several years. How can I prove that I've had it for several years? Well, the the foamy piece that would have otherwise been for the fingers is destroyed itself for is that a Wacom? It is. Yeah. It is. I got it for a I got it for a relatively cheap back when Comp USA went out of business. I'm, anyway. I'm still waiting for screens we can draw directly on. Uh I got bad news for you. What? The good news is they exist. The bad news is they are goddamn expensive. Okay. I, I've, I've seen exactly what ten thousand dollars can get you, and there it's impressive. It's true, but it's expensive. Oh, yeah, I was going to say it's impressive, but it's also ten thousand dollars U.S. no less, and that's 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 a midline. But you know, be that as it may. So one of the things that I saw was somebody working in a financial department, newly hired, who was hired for a position that. Got paid more than mine. Asked for help on how to add two numbers together in Excel. Financial department. Excel. Add two numbers. Hold on. Mm-hmm. I can yes. believe it. I was trained as is on spreadsheets. I was trained on Lotus 123 in school. I remember that. I used that on DOS. So did I. Shit, don't even get me started. I remember when there was the legal battle over it, but that's a whole other thing. Go on. But everything else, uh, going from <laughs> Lotus to Quattro. Oh, wow. Okay. And then, oh, going from, and then going from Quattro to Excel for me All right. was a lot of, and again, for this, I credit my education. I did not learn, like, I learned software, yes, but the approach was, what am I trying to do, and what tools do I have to do it with? That's so, awesome. so the question is, what do I need to do? I need to add these two numbers. Okay. What tools do I have? I have Excel. So rather than saying, well, I'm not Excel certified, it's more... How do I do this in Excel? <laughs> Where do I go to find the thing? Because, and the reason I'm saying this is because if I remember correctly, there is, there was a difference in the command or in the formula structure between Lotus, Quattro, and Excel to do that same, to, to do that same procedure, which means, you know, and again, and this goes to that one lab that I had where we were given an objective. Create a database that does this, 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 and this. Here are 10 or 12 database applications. Do it in 10 of them. Okay. 
Yep. That, that, that was the thing. We had no training on any one of those except uh, actually, no, we had one. It was power builder. <sighs> um, Ooh. Yeah, it was, it was an Oracle backend, which, Hey, works great. But I learned the mechanics of, you know, how to do that kind of application development, but it was the mechanics of it. So this person who was trying to add two numbers was probably just never taught how to find out how in a program. And it sounds to me like the, the teaching was a little bit different. It's not so, it's not a question of learning, learning a program. It's a question of how do you solve the problem? So here, here's my question to you. Mm-hmm. You're, you, you are the owner of a company. You're interviewing a person. They are uh, going to be a financial officer. They're going to be handling key financial details. They have 10, 15 years experience in the field in addition to a degree. And one of the requirements that was in the position for the job is a deep understanding of how to use Microsoft Office products. And you ask them to give you a demonstration. And they can't add two numbers in Excel. Do you hire them for that job? Okay. I counter that with this question. Who else was interviewed? Did they actually have to give that demonstration in the interview? And there is the problem. And yeah. in, the, in the world of modern day corporates, who is your daddy and what does he do? And that is, I've been That's biting my, I've been biting my tongue on this one for the whole thing about where does the Peter principle fail? It fails with another little anecdote. Mm-hmm. The squeaky wheel gets the grease. True. That. I was, I, I was hoping to save that till towards the end of the show. No, you, you, you're, you're right on that one. By the way, but, I, I was, there, there's another one to add on the end of that too. Yeah. It's not who, you know, it's who you blow. It's, it's also who you are. Yeah. It, your genetic background is now a primary, uh, uh, it can be, it's not necessarily will be, but it can be a key factor. And when you have companies that only care about a particular metric. They rule out the best candidate. There's also another Sometimes. one. There's also you know, another if you wanna, one. If you want to dig. From what you just said and from what uh, Joey was talking about last night, I'm, 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 I'm thankful that somebody else gets it. Yep. Joseph, you were trying to get in. Sorry. Yeah, well, it, it, if you want to dig down a bit, it all comes down to uh, basically the people hiring you. Uh, it comes down to their level of confidence or confidence, competence, and they just, you know, they they can't go outside of their own bubble. I mean, what do they have to judge you on? Uh, only what they know. And what they know is basically, uh, comparatively speaking, you know, um, whether yeah, you're the ideal candidate, uh, they're looking for uh, probably social traits more than anything. And because they're hiring you, because they don't know how to do what they're hiring you to do. So um, unless you've got somebody else on the panel that uh, that does know about uh, stuff like this, and and yeah, you're 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 right. Uh, uh, tech that uh, yeah it it 
it it rarely actually getting hired for a job. It, it's actually rare that uh, your actual qualifications come into consideration yeah. or can even be judged. Well, again, I, I kind of go off my own experience on this one. Um, a couple of interviews that I've had in the technical sector. Uh, there was one that I did for a contracting company. And they only asked me one question. Uh, was in Windows NT, how do you add a printer? NT4? Yes. Okay. NT4. Okay. So we, we are, yeah, we are going back a little bit. No, no, no. It, yeah, we're okay. going back to the 90s. <laughs> yeah. Right. Now, there, so, there's a reason I wanted to make that distinction because <laughs> for those people who know these platforms, know full well that the first question out of any, uh, any candidate's mouth should be to clarify the question posed to them. And if you don't get that as the interviewer, that should already be a red flag. Anyways, the, 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 I answered the question and the guy says, well, have you heard about doing it this way? And he actually explained a shortcut. And I said, no, I've, I've never heard of that one before. That sounds really cool. And the impression the guy got from it was that, okay, he's got a bit of book smarts. He needs a little bit of street smarts. And he's and he, willing to learn. That is it. That is the key, especially in like tech in our fields, is that if the if the candidate can demonstrate a willingness to learn or can at least project that they want to learn or that they're eager to learn new things, that actually goes a longer way because then they can be shaped into a more effective employee because you know what they're learning will be you know it'll be more company centric now yeah. that's that's a double edged sword you know especially to the uh to the candidate because okay great you know they'll get the job they get the paycheck and trust me those paychecks are beautiful but if it ever pops up that suddenly you no longer want to work there and you've spent the better part of a decade at that place, you know, are you, do you still have enough of that dynamic willing to learn attitude to jump into something else? Yeah, there is a, there is a thing that came up in, uh, again, in the West Wing at one point. Uh, the question was posed, if you have two baseball players, one who's got perfect form running and the other one that doesn't and they both get to first base in the same amount of time who do you hire and the answer was the guy with bad form because once you teach them the correct form they're going to beat the other guy and it's the same kind of thing you can have somebody who again has got book smarts but maybe doesn't know all the ins and outs that people have figured out because they're not that documented you know, they're more unofficial or you know community based but you know you got a good starting off point and that's that's a that's a wonderful thing but yeah but on that same note using that same analogy of the guy who's willing to learn if they had asked you two questions instead before they got to the printer one they asked you a different question of 
how do you open up the Internet Explorer browser? And you said, I don't know. Yeah. Do you think the interview would have really gone on much longer than that? No. Okay. I work with people who get paid more money than me, who should know how to do their jobs. And yet they come to me to try to get me to do things for them that they should already know how to do. And I'm not talking about how to factor in a percentage on a particular tax form or whatever, but how to open up calculator on their computer. Yeah. Or, oh, my Internet Explorer browser shortcut on my desktop disappeared. How do I get it back? Well, okay. first don't. off, let's start by finding it in the no, no, in don't, the start don't, menu. don't, 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 it depends on which person we're talking about. Well, no, well, but, but tech, tech, this is my point. And, and this is something I had to run it. I've run into with people who worked in marketing, who worked in accounting, who worked in purchasing. These are people to whom the computer was a tool. These people were also a fair bit older than me at the time. And I knew of at least two of them who were technophobes. These are people who had a computer forced on them mm. while I was working there. And they were scared of the machine and they thought it was a delicate flower. It was an orchid to them. So when a shortcut went missing, yeah, it was a major thing to them because they didn't have the experience of having a home computer and having blown one up. You know, this is, and this is what I used to tell people in, in training. I said, look, you've got the software now. This is my challenge to you by next week. Break it. I freaking dare you to break it. And if you do, we're going to go through how to fix it. So these people are probably already running high stress jobs. Uh, you know, a lot of they're, they're, they're freaking out. Um, maybe they've got a deadline and then suddenly, Something changes. <laughs> you know, again, I've worked tech support with for a manufacturing company and for another company with people whose primary job was not to sit in front of a computer, but was to design a gas compression system or to purchase 16 tons of inch and an eighth thick particle board. You know, to to them, the computer just has to freaking work. They don't, they don't have time to go in and do an in-depth analysis of what, of how to start a web browser. It should just be there. That's right. what they expect. So, you know, to, to look at them and go, Oh, you're just a tech tart. No, you, you don't say that to these people. Yeah. It's and again, that, that's, that's coming off of about 20 some odd years of experience working with users who at the time were tech tards but also had a shit ton more power than I ever did at those companies. Yeah. There, there are a lot of different pieces that, uh, as always goes into the whole, um, nuance part. And the, because there are, and have been people who came up through the, uh, the paper and pen ledgers and such, the transition is a really difficult thing. 
and the younger ones, some of them don't have the same level of experience that we think they should have. All that changes as time goes on, because that's mm-hmm. what the new tool is. Bridget, go yeah. right ahead. And and I'm one of those paper and pencil <clears throat> people out there, uh, you know, who have been around this since 1986. Mm-hmm. And a lot has changed between 86 to today. So don't start with tech card stuff, okay? I'm just saying. <laughs> <laughs> and, and I can understand but, the older generation. Uh, Let her we're go. Gonna meet your ass. Okay, we're going to meet your ass. Um, what I would like to say is, as far as HR, those are some of the people I've had the worst experiences with because a lot of them are looking to hire someone and they're not even sure what qualifications are needed to hire somebody. And this is a personal anecdote going back decades. But um, a job that I had back when my daughter was born was, um, you know, starting out with an insurance company and, and all that. And I had gotten promoted, you know, went on to, you know, information systems, all that other stuff. And because of downsizing, uh, about eight years later, I was put back in the same position where I had started with the same supervisor doing the same job that I had, you know, gotten promoted from years ago. And the HR person didn't think I was qualified to go back to my original job because she wanted me to do a 10 key and typing test. And my supervisor was like, she wants you to what? And I was like, uh, yeah, she needs me to take a, a 10 key and typing test to go back to this job that you want me to come back to that I was really good at. And she was like, you have got to be kidding me. Needless yep. to say, I didn't go and, and take that, that test and everything. And my boss just laughed her in a, out of the room, but she was like, just, just go away. Stop. It's funny through all what we're talking about. It's, um, it's basically, it's again, the same thing repeated. It's the person deciding is the one least qualified to decide uh-huh. the value of, uh, the person working for them. And I mean, that uh, that's something that really has to change. Because, I mean, uh, like like Tech asked earlier, I mean, well, I forget who said it, but anyways, but um, why am I doing the job? <clears throat> what am I getting paid for? And there, there seems to be a general inability to, to decide that, to do, to judge the value of... Um, I mean, there's two ways to approach this. When you when you're doing a job, you know, you can either uh, learn to use the tool, or quote unquote, go through the motions, or you can really have a profound understanding of uh, what your actual role is in the workplace and uh, being curious about if you don't know them already about uh, any existing tool to 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 that to to better get to that end. Joe, you were looking to get in? Me? No. Oh, I thought I heard you. I'm sorry. No, sorry. No worries. And you're right. It, it, it is about getting the right people to get the right place, having the right attitude and things like that. And I've seen that. I've uh, experienced personally, uh, firsthand, uh, going into interviews where they said, Look, we like what your resume had to say, but 
we have some questions and we want to know, you know, honest answers about your knowledge on this, that, and the other thing. And I clarified where I had book learned versus hands-on experience. And they're like, well, we'll give you hands-on experience on that. So that's not a problem. And you have plenty of time to, to make mistakes. And we, you know, you're fine there. Here, we want you to brush up on this before we let you start handling this stuff. So this should be your primary focus, you know, and this you don't know, but that's okay. We're going to teach you that now. And they did and they followed through with it. But I've also seen companies where they take people on board. They've, you know, the people in charge obviously weren't qualifying the potential new hires properly. And then when somebody that they've just invested money in doesn't know how to do something, they'll throw them at IT and say, oh, here, you teach them. And that's yeah. not IT's job. IT's not the tutoring service. They're there to fix the things that aren't working. So when these people who don't know how to use the tool, oh, I don't know how to use this hammer. This hammer is broken. No, the hammer's not broken. You just don't know how to use it. Well, can you show me? Here, sit down and do it for me. It's like, no, that's not teaching and that's not what we do. We repair the hammer if it breaks. Have a nice day. And then IT in many companies get thrown under the bus for not being helpful. Yep. Yep. Um, but I've, that, I've been in that situation so many times and, uh, you know, I have to insist about the teaching part and I'm actually going through the motions um, myself. Uh, because let's just say that uh, it saves you a hell of a lot of work in the future. Yeah. And you know, you get... I, I, I tried to be proactive at my last company with that was something like that. It was more the, the software we were using and we were bringing in a lot of new people who didn't really have time to get onboarded properly with our, our software. And Boy, we were once known as mentor, and that was kind of the idea is we would mentor the next generation. So I came up with an idea to do a little bit of onboarding. I I got pretty good at Camtasia, if I do say so myself. Um, you know, and <laughs> let me tell you something. Th those guys that do the little picture in picture while they're displaying stuff on the screen. Yeah, that's not easy. No, that is not easy at all. Um, just um Re hmm? Real quickly, whoever it is that's got water running, please tell me that you're pouring something that's not from a biological container. It's coffee, sir. Thank you. <laughs> I was really worried there for a couple seconds. And, you know, Dallin, that, that's key right there. There's a lot of people who get onboarded, as you said. Oh, but. And they're not, they're, they're told they're going to get training. Yeah, and then they sit around and they wait and they wait. Why aren't you getting into work? Well, I told there was I was told there's going to be training. Read the book and get to work. Yeah, well, you said you're an independent learner. Get to work. Yeah, yeah as, as, got, as a mutual friend of ours, as, as got, a mutual friend of ours once said, it gets better because I ran this by our documentation person just to see, you know, you know, can, can I get some branding for this? You know, what is it? Oh, it's a video, you know, for, for training. You want to talk about getting thrown under the bus? This stuff was supposed to be internal. She did the stuff for external. And her nose got put so far out of joint because what I was producing was uh, aesthetically, acoustically, Okay. And uh, in terms of quality of content was light years ahead of anything she had done. 
I mean, she'd done some great PDFs of, of our manuals and stuff like that. But when it came to, you know, the, the actual video demonstrations of, okay, here's how you do this. Here's how you do that. By that point, I'd been working for that company for six years. I knew that software inside out, backwards and forwards. She never did. She was, she was the training officer for when we went on site, but she was not the one, you know, spending hours and hours putting demonstration companies together on this thing. So, I mean, I was coming at it from a bit of experience anyways. Yeah. Uh, TLDR, she got pissed. I got thrown under the bus for the fourth time at that company and just said, uh, I, I went to my supervisor at the time. I said, you know what? I'm not doing this anymore. You you want a video done. You, you want something done. Then you get it cleared before I touch that program ever again for this company. And, you know, it was sad because I, I, I was having a blast with those things, you know, lear learning something new to having to teach myself how to do video editing. You know, it, it was cool. But the, the digital was, dog cat would have liked you. <laughs> it wasn't, but it wasn't your job basically. Well, the thing is, Joseph, it actually, it, it kind of was because training, uh, training and mentoring coworkers was part of the deal. Oh, okay. Train, and also us training our clients was also part of the deal. What technically isn't part of the deal was coming up with our own training materials that speaks the language of the client. Because, and uh, trust me on this one, when you're dealing with somebody from uh, Iowa versus dealing with somebody from California, there are some differences linguistically <laughs> accents oh my god the accents oh yep Beer. but again you're you're it's another situation where you know you know, you judge what there is to do and the job you're hired to do and uh, you look at the tools you got to do it and if you don't have the tools you adapt because i mean yeah your goal you know what your goal is yeah, but the trouble is when I tried to adapt, I inadvertently, you know, pushed myself into somebody else's Venn diagram, even though that was not the intention, but they took it that way. They rounded up the flagpole and I just, I was told, don't do it. I'm like, all right, you know, you're, you're lost. Yeah, I still, have, yeah. I still have those videos because, well, they were done on my home computer with my own software and I hang on to them so that I can see what I did so that if I ever, ever get back into doing it, as a matter of fact, I owe somebody an audacity video, uh, a podcaster, a friend that was going to start uh, doing his own. He wanted to start doing long form narration and he wants to know how to do like editing and stuff and audacity. And he, he says to me, well, you know a little bit about that, don't you? And then he references, you know, all the, not, not for this show, but for other things I've done. Like, yeah, I've done a couple of files here and there. Yeah. And, and of course, we, we were going to get together. We were going to do a big sit down, me, him, and his girlfriend, and, and go through all of it. And then the coof happened. Mm. Now, that's... Yes, real quick. Yeah. Uh, yeah, it, it, it's pretty fucked up when uh, in the workplace, you know, how can your job not overlap with somebody else's 
I mean, how how could that be? <laughs> I got I got one how more. Does that, how does that affect the actual functioning of the workplace? I mean, it, a, it has nothing to do with work at all. That's the most annoying part. I got a word for that. Unions. Well, no, it's we just like people. Here. You know, it's again here we are in survive by imitation world. Everybody is putting each other in little boxes and. You know, you have to stay in your box, and I don't know anything outside of my box, and your box is touching mine, so I'm going to, you know, scream blue murder. It's it has, it has more to do with human behavior than it does to do with doing anything, actually. Because basically, you know, either we're making the workplace better for each other or we're making it better for ourselves. And I mean, in all these stories I'm hearing... Um, tonight i mean i just hear people trying to stick to their own comfort bubble and you know worrying about their own ass and not really understanding what their their own role is in the company well there can be that what um what i've kind of come to see over the last uh over the last few years though is that i think that part of the biggest problem with the way that the Peter Principle has failed is that the institutions themselves are the ones who are completely short-circuiting the process. Now, the Peter Principle itself, how that operates, is not necessarily a bad thing. If you're in an organization where you move up, you're doing a good job. You're moving up, you're doing a good job. You move up, yeah, not not so much. If you're allowed to backtrack to somewhere where you were good, the organization succeeds. When that happens, that's good because if if you if you're bad at a job, well, you've just had all that investment time, as far as the comp- the company is concerned, absolutely wasted because the person is not going to be efficient. They're probably going to get burnt out probably going to want to leave and well then that's all that investment that's you know why so the problem that i've seen and you know feel free to 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 work with this one over the years and we've we've talked about this over the years it's gone less from a company will invest in its employees train them up have them have corporate loyalty. We've talked about that, IBM in particular. Mm. And it's been much more a, I'm just going to move laterally from one company to another, maybe upwards a level from one company to another. And the reason why this tends to be, again, my, my view, my opinion, is that these, these employees, the newer ones are coming in at a depreciated salary to start off with. And the only way of moving ahead is to say, look, I'm not going to stay here because you don't want to pay me enough. I'm going to move somewhere else. That's going to promise to pay me a little bit more, but it's still a depressed amount of money by comparison to what it had been for the folks that had been there for 10, 15 years in some cases, the ones who've made it. 
And why is there not loyalty to move up? Because you're not getting paid. So you're not getting paid. So why stay and move sideways? Which then just exasperates the problem because, well, if you haven't been with us long enough, why should we pay you more? And to kind of backtrack a little bit, the people who don't have Excel experience or proficiency who otherwise should, well, they can be brought on board. They've got all the other stuff and you pay them less because, well, they're not meeting all of the goals. So when it's time for, oh my God, a raise, God, I haven't seen a raise and I couldn't tell you how long, hmm. then that raise can be subsequently depressed a little bit because you're starting from a lower dollar value for compensation. The way that you're laughing about this, Bridget, something says to me that you've kind of latched onto this and said, oh boy, do I know this. Well, I mean, just from, <clears throat> you know, having worked in other places, I ha I have seen where people, um, you know, were not particularly good at their job anyway when they were hired but somehow or another managed to keep moving up in ranks. And I don't know if it was just because they knew somebody or because they you know, stuck around for a long time or whatever. Kissed the right asses. Kissed the right asses and end up as like the CEO of the company and then have the company go bankrupt because they had no business being CEO and didn't know what the hell they were doing. And maybe it wasn't even nefarious. I mean, you know, it wasn't nefarious. It was but just I mean, a person that had no business being in that position. Yeah, it but it, a, a it's also person. it's it's the fault. The fault is in two places, or could be in two places. I mean, it could be in the fault of the person, you know, being incompetent, and also the the management or whoever their superior is being just incapable of judging what they do or the quality of what they do, and. Somebody spends a certain amount of time in a workplace. Um, it's kind of, you know, if you extract from the equation uh, the actual quality of the work they do, they oh, they've been here ten years, so theoretically they must be very competent in what they do, and theoretically somebody with that quote unquote experience should ascend to a higher position. And I mean, it, that's basically the RH uh, or HR, yeah. Yeah, I don't that. Yeah, uh, they—they are the one who—they're the ones who decide, but they're—they're they're not the ones who should decide. I would rather my colleagues decide the quality of my work than my mm -hmm. my management. Oh yeah, yeah. And you know, the, the, another thing too, at least in academia, that we're seeing is a lot of uh, MBAs are now running the schools rather than. Um, you know, rather than having them run like institutions of higher education and higher learning, they're run on a business model. And so you have a lot of people who are in charge now that are making business decisions for the school and not really teaching. And so they have, you know, they're making a lot of money to try to get as much money, you know, from students as possible without actually giving them anything in value in return. And that's that's a huge problem. I I think that I I don't know how to put this without offending people with MBAs. I think that 
there are too many people now with MBAs that are only taught to that degree from a business model and don't have any other relevant experience to go with it. And I think in the long run, it's, it's going to be harmful to, you know, business in general and society. I mean, sure, they might, might make more money, but I think we're all going to suffer for it. Yeah, there's a, there's a story I want to uh, relate to everybody uh, really quickly. Uh, well, as quickly as I can, be- only because it, it kind of touches on part of this. Back in the late 80s, the Commodore Computers Group, uh, folks remember them from the Commodore 64, Commodore had brought out their own personal computer, the Amiga. It was one of the most uh, technologically advanced as far as to audiovisual at the time, uh, considering the time frame that we're talking about. The machines were incredible. They were used for, um, they were used for special effects, uh, a lot for what was, uh, what was, uh, Babylon 5, yeah, all the, the CGI stuff, the video toaster, which was added onto it. Yep. Mm-hmm. Uh, video rendering farms before there were real rendering farms. But the problem was Commodore had a hard time in marketing. There were some, uh, I, f- I forget who it was that, uh, that ended up taking over the company shortly, uh, in the early nineties, I think is what it was. Yeah. In the early nineties. And their plan was to drive the stock price down as high, uh, as low as they could with mismarketing, shall we say, so that they could then buy the stock themselves, sell the company off to somebody else to perk it back up again. And then they would be able to make out a mint because, well, their stock price is now gone, you know, through the roof. And in the process ended up hampering it to such a degree that Commodore went bankrupt. And they did it for greed because it's not the first time that they had done that. They did it specifically for greed. And the reason why I'm bringing this out is, well, partly time enough so that Bridget's got time enough to read her PM because reasons, but also that you know, if, if the problem, if part of the problem is that the companies themselves are artificially depressing the money, the compensation for people, which let's, let's be accurate about it has been happening since 1980. And yes, you can actually see the graphs about it. You know, what is it that the people who are trying to get into the workforce, what is it that they need to do in order to get you know, properly compensated? Not just in, in money, but in actually caring about work, caring about doing what it is that they're trying to do. Dallin, you, you talked about, you talked about the, the travel stuff and it always sounded to me like you actually cared what ended up happening for the people that your product serviced. Well, yeah. You know, and it, it, it had nothing to do with. Okay. It was selfish of me personally. It was actually vanity on my part because 
when I was down there, I was the face of that company, but I was also me. If I didn't, if I didn't leave there with them being happy with what happened, I could, I could give two shits about what they thought about me in terms of the company. I was worried about, they were going to look at me like I was some kind of idiot, you know? So, and yeah, I also did care because, hey, look, I worked for, the company I worked for moved people. It moved people on regular transit buses that, you know, you see everywhere. But it was also people who needed help to get to appointments, to clinics, to dialysis. That was a bit, that was a big one for us was dialysis. Uh, or seniors that, you know, had to go from one place to another. And, you know, having been a person who had to take transit for the longest time, when those systems don't work, you feel it. Yep. You know, we had, a, we had a transit strike here uh, quite a few years ago before I had a car. And to get to work was, well, let's say if I was going to hoof it, it would have taken me two hours to walk to work. Uh, my wife at the time, she had to drive me to work and then she had to come and pick me up afterwards, or I would drive her to work, then go to work. And then at the end of the day, go and she worked across town from me. So then I had to fight traffic to get her. It would take me an hour to get to her and then another hour for us to get home. By the time we got home, we were both tired angry, frustrated, a little snippy at each other. Hmm. Um, but we had a dog and a cat, so everything was fine. Um, you know, cause I mean, honestly, you see the puppy dog is like, oh, okay. You know, I can't stay mad anymore, you know, or you could just, or, you know, puppy. yeah. Or, or the cat looks at me and says, smile, or I claw your balls off. All right. You know, <laughs> look, she had that effect. Okay. <laughs> That's a way to put it. Yeah. yeah, you know, I, oh God, I love my cat. I miss her. Um, but no, I mean, I, I took pride in my work. I, I believed yeah. in what I wanted to do. I believed in what I was doing and I've made some very good friends as a result of it. I, I actually have a couple of them on Facebook that we still talk. Um, anytime I'm in Oklahoma city, I just have to ping this one person. And I get a steak dinner out of the deal. And Joe, admittedly, the, the, the job of working in the military, well, for lack of a better term, as a grunt, is generally speaking, um, protect the guy next to you at whatever costs need to be done sometimes. Pretty much. It's not. And considering that when you're living that in, in that close proximity to other people and maybe you don't always agree with each other. Yeah. That can be grating on some nerves, but regardless of that, when it's work time, it's work time and everything else gets put aside. Yeah. And Bridget again, mm -hmm. in when it's somebody who's working in the medical, uh, in the medical area, Generally speaking, your biggest hope is always, I don't want to screw up. I want this person to 
be better. Not necessarily well, but better, because better is hopefully attainable, and well isn't always. I'm sorry, I'm, I'm, I had to deal with, uh, something about oncologists at one point the past yeah. week. It's kind of on my head a little bit that way that, you know, oh, oh, yeah. you can't always yeah. have well, but you can have comfortable. Can, yeah. You can, you can have better and, you know, especially if you're talking about oncology patients or anything like that, you have to change your perception of what constitutes a win or a victory in some ways. Yeah. Um, you know, you, you hope that your patients do eventually get better, but a win is having them make it long enough to see a graduation or a wedding or something like that. And tech and Joe dealing with, dealing with technology. The perfect example is wiring up an entire room. An actual tech room, making the drop, making sure that you got the, uh, the switches calibrated. You've got all the, uh, UDP set up correctly. Firewalls are in place. Keys are assigned properly. All the terminators are put into place. And oh crap, I actually got a crossover cable instead of a straight through. All right, fine. Let's go ahead and swap it out. All right. Everything's good. Everything's done. Green across the board. Let's go. Knowing full well that. Your job is not to assist an individual person. It's to assist any and everybody that handles the hardware that you just made sure is right. And I have to imagine that, you know, in, in moments like that, it's got to be fulfilling to be able to go, I got every green light the first time through this time. That's got to be a good feeling. I'm wondering if um, empathy comes as baggage uh, to critical thought. Because, I mean, if we look at our own... It, it's funny, like uh, like what you were talking about down before, about your, you know, you're actually feeling the pain, you're feeling the experience of people like taking public transport and all that. Um, well, imagine you didn't give a shit about that. You're only worried about your own ass. And you didn't care about... Uh, like, if you didn't actually try to read other people's minds. But do you see what I'm saying? It's like, a, it's at the same time, it's an empathy, is it? At the same time, um, not empathy, I should say. No, 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 uh, that's, that, that, I think that's the right empathy. And, and Sam Harris had a great podcast about that, the difference between... Uh, empathy and compassion and compassion is actually it's kind of a, se a sense of responsibility involved which means empathy you can feel for somebody else without doing shit for them uh, but compassion is like you know you feel motivated to actually do something about that but even for that to happen um you really have to analyze the situation and judge everything for yourself yeah and Whereas somebody who's doing a job and they're basically going through the motions, the right doing the right, quote unquote, right things to, you know, keep their ass in that position, 
keep their paycheck coming in every month, uh, well, they're going to behave completely different. You know? Yeah, and it, it's a balancing act. It's a balancing act between the two because, you know, you, you have and, to uh, you have to operate between both worlds because probably your manager, your management is yeah. they, they have no fucking idea what you do, uh, they're not even able to judge what you do. So you know they they have to conform to. Well, and certain- and this is what this is what actually killed me at my job, and this is why I'm not working right now is because there were a couple of clients that I was trying to deal with. And the software they bought was, let's say, 80% compatible with what they needed. They nickeled and dimed us for the last 20%. And I tried to compromise. I tried to tell them, look, you know, this is the way it is. And they refused to sign on the dotted line. I tried to come up with solutions. And it took, they dumped these clients on me and said they were problem clients. And said, you know, we want you to handle them. I'm like, okay, I'll do my best. Uh, January 20th of this year, they said, yeah, um, it's not working out. Uh, you're not uh, pulling in the numbers that we need you to pull. So goodbye. And it's like, you put me in that position. And now you're blaming me for basically something that was my manager's fault for f- screwing them over in the first place. First question I got is, at that point, were you sales? And that's the other thing. And uh, see what I said earlier about no, no, make sure that my you girl, clarify the questions. Yeah, well, my girlfriend Kieran will say the same thing. Uh, one of the things that's happening now in a lot of companies is the upsell, mm-hmm. which is you're not necessarily a salesperson. But you are in contact with the client, so you should be able to weasel in, not their words, but mine, uh, an advertisement for an upgrade or another software that these people could use. And that was another thing, and that was actually added onto our end of year performance review was that, did you successfully upsell any products to the client? And Karen is going through the same thing. She, she works at customer service for a company and there's now an expectation that she has to upsell clients who are already in financial distress, given current circumstances, who are being called because they have a huge balance owing on their bill. Like the, she she helps with with customers, but she also tries to help with, you know. Okay, you've got a three hundred dollar outstanding balance. I mean, she's not collections, but you know, we all dread that phone call. So you're going to tell somebody who's already broke, who feels they're already paying too much for a service, to spend more money. Yeah, and this is and and I think where that's coming from is that. Salespeople are, and again, if any salespeople are listening to this, uh, yeah, actually, you do need to hear this. But if anybody on the panel is a salesperson, I, I apologize in advance for what I'm about to say. Most salespeople I know are so out of touch when it comes to knowing a customer's needs these days because they they don't understand. 
they understand a business <clears throat> model, but they don't understand the business. And th there's a huge difference. And they don't understand how to qualify a customer either. Bingo. Or, but, but again, we're, go yeah. we're, we're going back to the same thing. I mean, again, where it's, you're either, either you take the task and the responsibility of judging the situation for yourself, or you don't and you conform to whatever behavior patterns were brought, you were yeah, trained but, in. But you see, this is where I rose to my own level of incompetence. From a technical standpoint, okay, site survey on the server, got it. Uh, critical review of their systems, their business practices, what they need versus what our software can do. Can I match those up on a graph? Yes. Okay, fine. Perfect. Boom. We've got a 99.9% .9 match for this client. Okay, you get on the machine via remote desktop and do your thing. I go in, I do my thing. We get on a WebEx. I train them for six weeks. You know, I spend a week. Okay, do this, do this, do this. Now, I'm giving you a week. I expect this to be done. This is your homework. When I talk to you again one week from Monday, I'm going to expect that this shit's done. If it's not done, you better be calling me and, and asking me, and I better be asking you why you're not doing this. Mm -hmm. That was the way it is. But then they said, okay, now we're going to up you a little bit, and we're going to make you into a kind of sort of salesman. Now, you don't have to upsell, but you have to upsell. Right. Yep. And, oh, yeah, and, yeah, and you got any problems with escalation on, on these clients? Yeah. Just talk to your project manager. My project manager was an idiot. He, he, he got it. He had his PMP, uh, which is, you know, project manager. I actually was thinking about getting that. Um, but he was too busy chasing those top 10 purse strings. You know, the, the big clients, he was chasing the whales while I was still trying to, get these other ones done. And I literally had no support from anybody in my department. And you know, I was, I was on LinkedIn a couple of days ago. I was talking with one of the guys I used to work with. Uh, I shifted departments about two years prior to what's going on now. Cause I thought it would be a, a nice business move up. And I said, you know, if I hadn't done that, we'd still be working together. And he says, yeah, and I miss you. And I just went, you know, <sighs> sometimes the decision will bite you in the ass. And when you actually realize when it does and how hard it does it, yeah, you just really start questioning everything. I told my manager, no, I said, well, I specifically said, no, thank you. Hmm. Um, I was given a job opportunity to expand my skill set for the good of the company by taking on a particular project. And I said, I'm sorry, but I don't have any training in that field. And with my current workload, I don't have open availability to receive training for it. Therefore, I'm not qualified. Well, don't you have an IT background? There is a wide variety of IT backgrounds, and I do not have a background that qualifies me for this project. Yeah, that, that's like that's like and, saying. But then you again, drive a I've car. You should be able to, to drive speak. an eighteen-wheeler. Right. Then again, no. I've, I've worked to speak managerial, so I've learned to pick up the buzzwords. 
And so I'm doing buzzword bingo back and forth. (laughs) And finally he goes, well, you need to accept this because it needs to get done. And I said, no, thank you. And he goes, is that your answer? I said, yes, no, thank you. I do not want this project. I am not qualified for this project. And I have a workload that does not, that forbids me uh, from being able to be trained on this project. If something changes in the future, I might reconsider, but I will not make promises and I will not accept this project. I'm but afraid you like are. Had, but it sounds like he had the option. Yeah. Um, I almost didn't. It almost got dropped in my lap. Um, I, but I guess, I guess what I, I'm asking I, is I if brought in had, Oh, sorry. Go ahead. I guess what I'm asking is if you had said no, was there any possibility that they would have fired you for saying no? They could have, but I think they were too afraid to because I've already trained one person to do what I do. Um, and they were taken elsewhere and there's really nobody to backfill me at this point. You don't have a PFY currently on deck. No, I don't have a PFY on deck that can backfill me. Anybody that wants to know about that, look it up. PFY. Yes. See, for me, it was a, uh, this new department opened and there was, I was not asked. I actually asked to join because I thought it would be a nice opportunity. Uh, It was one of those things where I thought the grass was greener on the other side of the fence. And it turned out to be, well, it, it, it was quite literally a career-ending mistake. It just took two years to figure it out. Yeah, so, I, I know that feeling all too well, unfortunately. From yeah, yeah, yeah. And, see, I know, may have, I may have destroyed my forward momentum as well because I haven't been offered another project ever since that uh, interactment, yeah. and that was back in February. Yeah. Um. You know, the funny thing is I've been watching, I I get the occasional, well, actually I get inundated with job ads because I subscribe to everything these days because I'm desperate as hell. The company that let me go has been looking for people to fill a similar position as to the one I left. You know, you have lots of experience there. Well, so if there is a little bit of schadenfreude for me for that, it's that they had a hard time trying to replace me. Right. May I may I offer up apply put in that your requirement is for a 25% over whatever it was that you were earning before and justify it with I know your systems obviously you don't have anybody that can do the job as well mm. because you still have the position open you're going to go ahead and give me my old job back and I'm getting the raises that I should have gotten from the get go. Yeah. You see, here's the thing. Unless they of course gave you a DNR. Well, no, but if it's the, uh, if it's the same position that I had in that same department, I don't want it. Mm -hmm. If I was to go back to my original, original position in, in the transit area, not in this medical division, but back in the transit area where I was a rock star by comparison, then fine. Okay. Under the, under the proviso that yes, I have the medical experience, but you cannot speak with me directly. 
you want my help on something, you talk to my manager who is in a different department and she approves whether or not after talking to me and saying, can you do it? Do you have the time? Or more importantly, do you feel like it? If I, if I could get in with something like that, I'd consider it. Just because, again, I made some great friends there. It was a good time. The money was good. But that particular department, I want nothing to do with them anymore. Yep. Well, but unfortunately, but no, but because I have the experience, there can be some of that Venn diagramming that we were talking about before. No, I, I got you. I, I was, I was going to say, well, you know, if they do training, you could go through training long enough to get a couple of paychecks out of them. Uh, is it, it, maybe it's just me just being a dick about it because, you know, reasons. Yeah. Um, yeah. But that would mess up his benefits. He can't do that. Yeah. That's, that's a whole other. There's only so much dickishness that I can get away with, too. I know. I've got standards. Go yeah, fig. You can't go somewhere and then quit because then you don't get an employment that way. Yeah. If money were not an object and you didn't need the job, then yeah, I would do it just well, to screw it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. There, there is that. That's a, that's yeah. a whole other thing. Yeah. We're getting really but close it, to. But it is satisfying, though, that, you know, if you have been let go for a position, like that to see several months later they're still advertising for a replacement still haven't found one yeah it does make you go <laughs> yeah it's it, <laughs> there is that. To, me, to me right now it's more of just it, it's my middle finger at that uh-huh. point yeah um the italian but, in me is cheering you on you know that yeah that, that's the thing and, and it's like yeah you know yeah i missed the paycheck and you know I've de- i'm definitely qualified to go back there but Given the opportunity, would I? I would have to know exactly where I'm going, who I'd be working with, what's expected, and what are the chances that I'm going to get thrown into the same situation that I was in before where you put me up against something that I was not qualified to do with no support, no administrative anything, and basically being stonewalled by somebody, I mean, my supervisor was an arrogant ass. My manager was too busy having this guy's head between his legs, figuratively speaking. You know, and it's like, yeah, um, it, it, it was it was those two guys. It was their show, and so long as they got done their stuff at the end of the day, that's all that mattered. You know, the the rest of us, yeah, you know, you're just the peons. So it's like, yeah. Um, yeah. If I knew I wasn't going back to that department and that I didn't have to deal with them at all, perfect. I'd be in there like a dirty shirt. Because, again, the paycheck was good. <laughs> yeah, I've also seen um, this happen in another way, too. And that is, is uh, somebody will get hired or taken a chance on. And it's not a fit. It's not good. But rather than get the person back to where they were, the higher up would have, which would involve the higher up who transitioned them to admit a mistake on their part in their judgment. They keep them there or they even promote them. 
to somewhere else. Because, hey, look, you know, this person got a promotion. The person I took a chance on, they're doing really well. Yeah, no, the problems they're running into are caused by the rest of the department. They're not being helpful or, you know, IT's not teaching them how to use the, the new system that they were supposed to teach them. The new system being, you know, Excel. Um, <laughs> yeah, or something to that effect. And it's a case of uh, management just not willing to admit they made a mistake and they're harming the department or they're harming the project or they're harming people's morale, which could go back to harming the department and the project. And I've actually seen people who were taken under somebody's wing. They were a bad fit. Management refused to admit it. And things just started going downhill and the blame was laid on everybody else except for that person and that manager. Because they could, that manager couldn't have either one of them looking bad. Because I can't make mistakes. I'm a manager. I'll be the first to say, look, Bob Ross was right. We don't make mistakes; only have little accidents. But he was talking about art people or children, in some cases. Yeah. We're getting to, uh, well, we're at the uh, top of the hour, which means we got to see about uh, closing up shop over here. Uh, I don't have very much of anything else to uh, add to stuff uh, myself personally, uh, other than to say uh, very quickly, because it is the holiday season and we know for well that holiday workers, temp workers are going to be put through the ringer. Anybody that is, first, you have our sympathies. Seriously, some of us have done it. Some of us have been through it multiple seasons. But just be safe more than anything else. And I don't say that just from the the medical side of it all. The first seasonal job I had was pushing carts when I first came up here in the winter. Ooh. Just outside of Buffalo. That would have been the winter of 90. 92-93 and there was some there's quite a lot of snow just off the shore of the lake and the real estate company that handled the plaza didn't do jack shit for plowing out the snow you guys are cart pushers you guys especially be careful Please be careful. I'll give you guys uh, anything that needs to be finished off. Uh, Joey, I don't know that you've necessarily got anything considering, but any last for you to, to throw off of? Um, for those who are still having to work retail, especially in this kind of situation, Should, yeah. yeah. All I can say is, uh, Kenneth Branagh, man, what can I say? When that man reads Shakespeare, he reads some Shakespeare. Uh, it's okay that I don't get whatever reference you're making, right? Same one that I made a couple times thus far, but yeah. Then when he strip his sleeve and show his scars and say, these wounds I had on 20s Black Friday. 
Would you like to see how I got these scars? <laughs> Sorry, it's a it's a bottle of it's a it's a, it's, it, um, it's a it's a it's a Bill Murray trachea yeah. destroying device. That's that's the level of movies I'm at at this point. Leave me alone. Shut up. I'm all right. <laughs> Can't blame you. I'm all right. Dellen, any any quick last for you? Um, yeah. We've all heard Wheaton's Rule. Mm. And somebody, a Canadian musician, has put it to song. Nice. Yeah. And I just want to pass that on to everybody else. We're coming up on the holiday season. Black Friday's over, which means the Christmas season has already begun in your guys' part of the world. <sighs> Don't be a dick. People right now are terrified. Whether it's substantiated or not is not a topic for discussion tonight. The simple fact is people are scared. Rational or otherwise, they are scared. And if you feel that your freedom has the right to override a person's fear and wanting to have their own sense of self, you know, of well-being, stay home and order from Amazon, you inconsiderate schmuck. Because, honestly, if you're going to be that much of a dick, you do not, you don't deserve social interaction, period. Look, I'm all for freedom. I'm all for expression. I don't like the fact that I have to go out and wear a mask. I don't like the fact that we have to do social distancing. I don't like the fact that I'm probably not going to go see my family at Christmas this year because of this damn thing. But you know what? It is what it is. And spouting your conspiracy theories and this, that, and the other thing is not going to change it. So calm down. Do what you got to do to make sure that you're alive and that other people will stay alive and just stop being an asshole, please. Here, here. Joseph, any last item for you? Yeah, I'm all good. Um, but, you know, once again, we're you know, we seem to be operating, the critical thinkers seem to be, they, they have to operate between two worlds. Um, and the majority are, um, well, majority of people seem to only be able to judge the value of whatever's in their own head and only care about their own asses. And, you know, navigating through all that uh, can be stressing. Let's just say we have a lot of work to do. Sure that. Just imagine if everybody thought as, you know, our conversation today, imagine if that sort of conversation was the general consensus. We all felt like that. I think the world would be a much better place. Yeah. Yeah. Bridget? 
yeah, just everybody hang in there. And, you know, it's, it's going to be a long, hard slog between now and Christmas. And then between Christmas and probably spring. I would just, you know, try to be gentle with yourself and with each other and try to get through this the best that you can. This is all new for everybody. Um, yeah, especially with the economy being as bad as it is, plus people afraid to go out and other people being afraid of being told that they can't go out. A lot of, a lot of stress. Just be good to each other, especially be good to yourself. In fact, Mike Pence. Um, and Amy Cutford Barrett. She will always and forevermore be known to me as Amy Covid Barrett. Yeah, there's good reason for that one. And tech. Um, I've said the things I've said before, and I, they still hold true. Um, but what I haven't said is that, uh, you know, this is history repeating itself. Um, 1918, 1990, the influenza out pandemic hit. Uh, multiple states, mask laws, arrests, fines, everything. We've already been through this. If there were people who were in their 120s right now, uh, 110s, 120s, 130s, they could tell us all about it uh, firsthand rather than making us read newspapers and seeing old articles. Um, they could tell us about the, the loss of life, the loss of loved ones and things. Uh, and... They would probably do face palm, you know, or head desk, those sorts of things. Um, we didn't learn. At least those in positions of authority chose to either A, not learn, or B, ignore. Those are the only two answers. And for some of them, probably both. Because right now, we have the vast repository of the sum of human knowledge that is indexed and searchable and available to be found just about darn near anywhere in the world. That's called the Internet. And all its vast repositories on it, whether it's Wikipedia or Google search engine or whatever it is that you like to use. The problem is, is that the librarians, humans in general, have a, a tendency to not put as much um, focus and, and uh, trust into the facts because it doesn't make them feel good. They'd rather feel good than be honest with themselves and with other people. You know? So that's why we have these groups, these anti-vaxxers, flat earthers, and all this other crap. The only reason they're denying things is because it doesn't make them feel good to, to accept it. Well, you decide who you're going to be. I'm wrong a lot. 
when I find out about it, I try to correct it. I try to remember that correction. My brain's imperfect. I have trouble remembering things. But uh, I, I'm, I'm willing to eat humble pie. Unfortunately, uh, as we saw in one photo of Donald Trump in the White House, humble pie was not served by McDonald's that day. Good catch back on that. You're welcome. For everybody that's uh, been with us through this, yeah, this topic was definitely not our usual fare, and truth be told, maybe maybe not something that I'm going to end up covering again uh, unless something very specific comes up about it. But for those of you that are kind of wondering, yeah, I think collectively we've all noticed that weird stuff has been happening in various hierarchies. And yeah, it's not just us pattern matching because we're pattern matching creatures. Now that this stuff actually is going on. And it's just one of many things that's making shit go sideways. So let's just go ahead and close it because uh, I, I don't think there's anything else that we can add to it for right now at the very least. So, as always, thank you very much for being with us tonight. We hope that you found something worthwhile in all of our perspectives, and maybe you got something to think about for tonight. Back over in uh, in the chat, Beth, don't know if that you're still there. I hope that you are taking care of yourself. Please stay safe. Stephanie, you too. You know, we're hoping for you guys over there with too damn many things going on. And uh, Mitski. Glad that you were able to make it right at the very, uh, think right at the very end. So take care of yourself. Guys, uh, thank you. I know this has been uh, a weird one, but uh, I hope that you guys are, you know, taking good care of yourselves. Joseph, you have yourself a good weekend. Uh, I hope that your weekend goes well and uh, good luck with the week. By the way, that was, that was a really funky picture that you ended up taking. Uh, I was trying to figure out part of what that all was in the, in the window. Yes. Because I kind of saw your outline with the camera that you were taking the picture with. That was actually kind of cool. I think he's not back yet. Oh, yes. Quite right. I'm sorry. I've got my boom is right next to me. So <laughs> you probably notice I lean forward so that I can look over and actually see the thing because I'm an idiot. By the way, Mitski, thanks for joining us. And yeah, strangest things are happening. Yep. So we'll get back over to him. Tech, thank you. You have yourself a, well, hopefully a decent enough week. And, uh, you know, just know that we're thinking about you, man. I appreciate it. I'm thinking about a lot of things and wondering a whole lot more. <laughs> it's like, yeah, that one's a head scratcher. No, it's not. <laughs> <laughs> this is literally the simplest simplest concept you can boil it down to. Yeah. Isn't that the truth? Still, oh, take God. care of yourself. Yeah. You too. All of you. My friends. Joey, good to have you. You take care of yourself too, man. It's, uh, it's been a hell of a weekend already, isn't it? That's one way to put it. <clears throat> But you take care of yourself, man. Yeah, try. It's just 
granted, at this point in the year, some folks might notice that we're all sounding a little tired sooner than usual on the show. And it's been a long year. It's true that. I think we're all looking forward to 2021 and when, you know, we can joke about anything that comes up. Like I will settle for a comet landing in the Pacific ocean that smells of farts for a week. Um, well, 2020 is not over yet. Don't fucking say it. <laughs> Does anyone have that on their bingo card? <laughs> Didn't we cover this last week's horrible scopes? Don't you know that that is not what you say? You want to summon the great god Murphy, or is that what you're trying to do? Because that's how you summon the great god Murphy. Hey, at Murphy's this point, bring tried. it on. Please. Look, Murphy's tried to kill me. He failed. Okay. you I'm worried about. <laughs> what? Never mind. <laughs> Bridget. I think the great god Murphy would be doing us a favor at this point. Yeah. Well, we shall see. Thank you for your time, Bridge. You take care of yourself, huh? Yeah, you too. I will try. And, um... Yeah. Uh, yeah, if you want to send me a friend request on Facebook, it's uh, Bridget Fitch. Is it 10? I don't know. It's in the show notes. Um, or find me at my blog at BridgetFitch2112.repress.com Yep. Uh, I did and double... you can also follow me on Spotify. I have yeah, but apparently that's a thing. What? Well, I've I've got this, you know, this uh brush set list that oh. you know, started years ago. <laughs> and it's got nine followers. I don't know how you get followers on Spotify, but hey. Uh it's basically you make a playlist, you make it public, and then someone goes looking for you know, maybe they look for the band Rush. Maybe they look for a particular song, and it just says, "Oh, by the way, that song is in this playlist." Then they go on the playlist and go, "Oh, hey, I like this stuff." Click follow. Huh. So apparently, somebody likes my playlist. That's pretty awesome. Find somebody's. All right. Actually, my uh, <laughs> my my Warframe playlist has four followers. Oh, nice. Yeah, it's. <laughs> When I, when things need to die, <laughs> that's my soundtrack. <laughs> Fair enough. I love it. Fair enough. Um, I did. I did reread what uh, Joseph had left. He's stepped away for a little bit, but he's got pretty much everything said for himself anyway. So, okay, one less thing to deal with, Dylan. Um, yeah. Thank you, man. Uh, yeah, kind of pulled myself over the finish line on this one. It's. Uh, I think yeah. we all have tonight. This is this has definitely not been one of our better weeks. It has been one of our better years. I mean, let's let's face it. True. Um, I'll be glad to have this. In, I'll be glad to have this year in the rear view. Um, Damn straight. I'll be I'll, I'll be more glad when I can look at it from you know an office desk or from a place of employment, but. We'll see what happens with that. Uh, 
anyways, I owe you for last week. I got to take care of that. Um, should have it done this week. Uh, what am I talking about, folks? I am the curator of the audio version of the show over at holycraptheblogcast.com. Uh, that's where you can find this in podcast format. Uh, you know, if, if you got a fetish for getting rid of your bandwidth. Um, <laughs> hey, the episodes are long, all right? <laughs> um, also, uh, still moving on with my, uh, my own podcast, uh, The Kick in the Cast. Uh, I was actually looking. I have approximately seven weeks left of co- content uh, before I have to have something new and ready. So this week's going to be fun. Uh, uh, probably going to lose both my hands to writing, but uh, yeah, you can catch that over at kickit.yo5.ca over or over at podchaser.com slash kick in the cast. All right, man. Appreciate it. So all the information that you need for us is over at holycrapoflogcast.com. As said, if you'd like to leave us a voicemail message, phone number is 859-HCTV-554, 859-4288-554. Be creative, please. You know, kind of be nice. Or don't. I don't care. We'll, we'll mock you entirely. And maybe we'll even give out the phone number. We won't give out your phone number. That's for me to look at and go, oh. That's the that's the area code where dumbassery comes from. How quaint. That's my excuse. I'm going with it. In seriousness, folks, you know, we we know that this has been this has been a really tough year. There, I mean, no lie. There, there's no two ways about it. We know a lot of us have been cooped up for the very most part for the better part of the year. For me, it's damn near nine months, if not maybe a little bit longer. I don't even, I don't even really know. But if you're still feeling like you need an opportunity to interact with folks, including sometimes us, we do have the COVID Thursdays channel open over on the Discord server. Feel free to join us. If nobody's quite there at the moment, just do a quick ping, be more than happy to join you, because, you know, we're here. We'll be here for you. We'll do our best. And maybe item last. You don't have to spend a crap ton of money. You don't have to. This, this time... There's not a hell of a lot of money going around. If you feel like it's out of your budget because you're looking forward and it's just something you really shouldn't do, don't feel guilty. Not at all. Don't do that to yourself. We need to get through this together as best we can. It's still going to be tough. But we'll do it together. So, until the next time we get together, everyone, as always, I wish you the peace I no longer have. I wish you the strength that I've learned. I wish you well. Peace and long life. Live long and prosper. My lady, 15 years on, we're still safe. I'm still in love. Matane Fujin, I love you. I miss you. Dream of me. Until the next time we get together, everyone, as always... Good night.
You've been listening to Holy Crap, the Vlogcast. Feel free to leave a comment at the show's website at holycrapthevlogcast.com, where you'll also find links to our Facebook, YouTube, and Twitter pages. Theme music is Twisted by Kevin McLeod, available at incompetech.com. And on behalf of all of us here, thank you for listening.